Welcome to the Beer Blazers Podcast. This is episode number nine for June 6th, 2016, Playing With Your Beer, recorded on location at Denver Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. This is Beer Blazers. Welcome to another episode of Beer Blazers. I'm your host, Eric Johnson. This week, we're coming to you live from Denver Beer Company in Denver, Colorado. I'm being joined by my fellow Beer Blazers, Jose Balderrama. Salud. Eric Beeler. What's up? And joining us for his first soiree into beer blazing is Smiley. We'll keep his name quiet for a little while, but we'll come back to that. Hey, everybody. So today, we're at, we're at Denver Beer Company. Uh, we're going to try some beer, like always, and we're going to have some chats. Um, these guys gave us. Sorry, yeah, I got to remember to start talking. It's loud in here. These guys gave us a. Uh, a, a I'm going to go with a crap ton of beer. I mean, there's one, two, three, six, nine, ten, eleven. There's like twelve beers that we're going to try here today. Let me run down the list real quick, and then we'll come back to them as we uh, as we roll through. We've got their Walt Weiss German Hefeweizen, their Platt Pills, their Sun Drenched Hoppy Wheat, their Princess Yum Yum, which is a raspberry Kolsch, the Berry McBeery McBeer Face, named after the Bodie McBoat Face. I'm I assuming that. the Bodie McBoat Face English Pale Ale. The Incredible Petal, West Coast IPA, El Diablo, which is a tequila barrel-aged Mexican lager, graham cracker porter, cocoa cream graham cracker, which is one of their signature beers, their Citrus Smash, which is an American pale, their Buzzle Winkle, which is an English brown, and their Night at the... Does that say Duxbury? Night at the Duxbury. Oh, Night at the Duxbury. Like Night at the Roxbury, but not. And I've got all the detail on this, and we're going to try so this what's, the So what's the final count on that? Is that like 13, 14... 12. Wow, that's still I've had, I've had some amount. of their beer before because they uh, they have the cans. They yeah. do the canning of the Denver Beer Company beer. Uh, anyone's first foyer into the Denver Beer Company? Who hasn't had Denver beer before? Who has? I want to say that even I have been here. And and I also just want to say that today, like, the place is completely packed. It is standing room only. It is standing room only. They've got us kind of set up back here in the fer- uh, the fermenter, so we're kind of off in the brew house. Uh, the, the the main hubbub of the place is behind us, so we're and, in a, we're, we're in pretty good this, company. Pretty good and company. this is uh, I'm punching the V card here, and I've never been here. You've never been to the Denver Beer Company. Have you had their beer though? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The Raspberry Yum Yum has been on tap around town, so we're gonna we've got obviously a full house today. Uh, we've got four of us crammed around uh, two mics in the back of the brewery here, so we're gonna kind of do our best to bounce some topics around, but. Uh, what we're going to talk about as we're drinking these, and we're going to try to keep up, and we're going to try to keep up with the beers because there's a load of them. Uh, we're going to talk about beer and games, and so love it. And so that can mean that can mean drinking beer whilst playing a game, something akin to maybe darts, cornhole, drinking, playing games that are meant to be drinking beer, something like beer pong, um, or just in general games based on beer. So beer and gaming is sort of the topic du jour. For and, today. and one thing that I would like to point out that I noticed walking in here on a it's a Sunday, so uh, walking in and there are tables just playing board games. It's great. I mean, we got Blockus, we've got Scrabble. I mean, some of the more traditional cards games. against humanity going oh, on. Oh, typical. And it, well, it's yeah, you couldn't ask for a better setting for uh, getting your game on. And no, I think we've a, even got um, we had some people uh, in our viewpoint here. They were playing some euchre. Oh. 
Euchre. Euchre's good. That's a little. That's a new level. Hey, you know, Tony, if you're listening, you should be listening. Tony right? Car- actually to- should be here. Tony Carosa, he's Tony, hosted a show to- before. Tony is, uh, he thinks he's good at Euchre, but... He, well, you know, he's, no. a, he's a fan of the Euchre. Yeah, yeah. He's a fan of the Euchre. Well, before... Before we get into too much, because we do have a lot of beer to try, and I don't want to get too far behind, let's start out with this uh, this Walt Weiss, which is their German Hefeweizen. Um, thoughts? I mean, let, well, let me give you the uh, let me give you the specs. So this guy is a five point two percent German Hefeweizen beer. Smiley, you've already had a taste. What do you think of that? Um, it's an excellent Hefeweizen. I mean, it it's got a nice um, cloudy on the visual, and ends up that uh, it's got. It's got a really good, crisp, citrusy flavor to it. Um, really a solid Hefeweizen, I think. Yeah, no, it, it's excellent. There is a little cloudiness to it, um, which is perfectly fine. Um, it is, it's delicious. Up front, the nice little floral aroma. Uh, not too heavy, but, but, but it's there. It's nice. I love the name. What's the name again? The name, Walt Weiss. Walt Weiss. Oh. After our uh, Rockies manager. Yes. He's our illustrious leader in the Rockies world. Although I think maybe the beer is a little more successful right now than the Rockies. I, I, I would agree with that. Although I would I, say, say that the beer is just a story. This is a this is almost a, a home run. And and I just wanted to throw this out there, like like Trevor's is, story. Oh, Trevor's okay. story. And Everyone knows that. <laughs> Everyone knows that. I've always wanted to say this on the radio because the broadcaster, when Walt Weiss was a player with the Rockies, would always describe Walt Weiss as having a discerning eye at the plate. I would say that this beer <laughs> does not have a discerning eye. There you go. So the, the, the Walt Weiss Hefeweizen. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a little bit of the cloud you want to see. <coughs> Excuse me. A little bit of the cloud you want to see. Got definitely some weedy notes to it. It's a good profile. I like it. Um, we've drank it all. So mm. It's tasty. Good. It's good. And uh, by the way, just for those of you that are keeping track, the Rockies technically are in, in, a, in a statistical tie for first place. All right. But basically all the teams are and at it, 500. And no only, one's doing that good. Typically only happens at the beginning of the year for the Rockies. Oh, yeah. They're usually the best team in baseball through 20 games. This year that hasn't right. been the case, but okay. they, they taper off later in the year. But, you know, we got Trevor Story now. That guy. I love him. Um, and Story, well, Arenado. Story, Arenado. Don't get me wrong. We got we got some bats. What we don't have is pitching. And, and really the thing is, is that in I lieu of the topic today that we've got... Um, we're, we're that's a game. Space, that's a game you can game watch while drinking beer. Drink beer, and in fact, I would actually say that baseball, being very leisurely, like drinking beer, is definitely highly recommended. It's called Coors Field. I mean, it's not called. It's not called Milk Field. That's a horrible reference, but I'm going to make it anyway. But you know what's nice about baseball too, though, is that it's also a, a good game to watch, and you kind of have to be drinking some beer too. I mean, at least for me. <laughs> But you know what? You can also be playing it and drinking at the same time. I mean, not that I ever did that, because why would you do that? But in the softball, like adult softball, whatever, like you can drink some beer. It's fine. I think golf is really oh. the game of drinking. Golf, yes, golf is the drink. Now Th- thank you, canneries. Yes. Well, before, before we get too deep, let's uh, let's try their pills because that's their other light beer. This is their Platt Pills. Uh, this one comes in at a whopping five percent ABV. Five percent. Don't worry, we're good. Try the pills. Somebody try the pills and talk about the pills. Taste it, sip it. This one, by the way, just already I can tell you, much much more visually clear. So, unlike the wheat beer, this one looks clean. This one looks crisp. Is it a Coors or is it better? That's the. That's that should be a whole segment. Is it's, it is it Coors or is it good? It's it's. I would say it's definitely better than Coors, although, and probably this is just because of nature of being a pills. But I wouldn't say that there's. That necessarily it has a lot of I did not get a lot of taste out of this one. Wow. 
interesting. You know, I, the aroma, like there's virtually no aroma, which you would expect with a Pilsner. Um, but uh, from my point of view, it's very delicious, very crisp. I, I agree. Yeah. And I think there's a little more sweetness on that. I've had yes, a few pills lately where there's a little more hoppy note to it. Slight. Um, like, yeah, very so slight. slight. But yes. this is this gears more towards the sweet side, if that's what you like. Yes. Um, quality pills. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a good Again, it's a Pilsner. Nothing's going to blow my skirt up about it, but there's nothing wrong with it. And you it's should a see nice, a skirt today. It's, uh, it's pretty it's, hot. It's denim. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I came in with it pre-blown I, up. And I think all the so. listeners are, I was going to say viewers, but I'm like, they're not viewing. The, the listeners, you know what they all have on their minds right now? My denim skirt. No, no. What's under? Oh. Are you wearing anything under that? Well, you know, I like to go commando in another man's fatigues. Who doesn't? I guess, I guess is the thing. All right, fair enough. Yeah, there you go. It's like a Scottish poem. Anyway, so what, you know, that, our topic du jour, we've, t- we've, hit, we've hit on baseball. I mean, the Walt Weiss factored right on into that. But what are, and let's start with sort of the silly, what are some games you drink? And they're designed to get you drunk. I mean, well, beer pong is the classic. I, can I, I have, I just want one, one thing that I, I, I looked up even before, you know, we, we started doing this there. Yeah. Beer. Okay, first of all, beer. I'm not going to go into the backstory because everybody knows this. Oh, you're jamming over there. I like it. A lot of music today. It's good. A lot of music. No, beer obviously has been around for thousands, thousands of years. Absolutely. Save, the, save civilization. Mesopotamia. Like, I mean, we're talking five, 6,000 years BC, right? Now, did they play beer pong in Mesopotamia? I'm sure they did. So here's the thing. One of the oldest, one of the oldest games out there, right, that have been the Senate, right? S-E-N-E-T, Senate. That's what the little Egyptian. stones. Yeah, right? I, I, ha- I have a copy of it. I've never played it. I need to. But do, do you drink beer during the playing of this well, game? Well, the Egyptians are very well known for the beer that they did uh, produce and consume. I'm thinking beer and games have been going hand in hand for thousands and thousands of years. So it's pretty cool. Like, you come in, get your beer on. I mean, you're, it's, it's just a, the, the good thing to do. Well, yeah, and you can drink beer while playing just about anything. But, I mean, there are games designed just to drink the beer. And so beer pong was an example. What are some so, of the games you play just just to get drunk? Really, and, no game involved. And and I realize that I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think we're trying to follow any FCC regulations. Asshole, I think, is one that really for me comes to mind. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, for those of you that that's a card game, right? Where there's a president and a vice president, and the whole di- the whole game is about drinking beer and making other people drink beer. And 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 being being the asshole is is kind of fun if you play it correctly because some points during the game you can make other people drink. Now. One thing I would like to, to point out, there is a, a game that we uh, coined in college it's called Privial Trisuit. Privial Trisuit, meaning... Which is how you pronounce Trivial Pursuit when you're drunk. Absolutely. And we have bylaw. We have this whole thing that we put together. It was phenomenal. But trivia, beer, games, it, it was amazing. So Privial Trisuit, we might have to post those rules. Yeah, we did, absolutely. No, with, games like so, ass, with games like Asshole, that's a, I haven't played it well. That's a trick-taking game, right? Yes, it is. Okay. So and, you, well, so no, but, I believe actually that um, sort of a bit of a climbing game. I'll let, and probably you're, they're not familiar with teach you, but sort of that you you're playing more and more. You're going up the ranks, the numbers twos, threes, yes. fours, and then you end up that you're kind of saying, and you just throw three cards in there. You say they're three fours, but they may not be three fours. Right. You could get caught. A little, little bullshit aspect to it, which and, is another. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the whole thing, is it not? Yeah. It, ex- but, except that I think that once you the first person to go out then becomes. I think the president, the right, president. And, then, and then the vice president, and so on and so forth, and then they each get to make a series of rules, and you know, kind of through the hierarchy, tell the other people what to do. Right, and and the point of the game is not only to get to get a little tipsy, because by the way, there's lots of things that require you to drink, and if you're the president, people drink whatever you tell them to, essentially, right? 
but you know you get the asshole drunk and he's got to go get you more beer and the whole nine yards but the interesting thing to me about that game is not only does it get you drunk there's this social interaction aspect because you it, and, and it's I'm not going to say it's a good model for a, a, a modern political system but you don't necessarily <laughs> but you know we, we got problems in our elections but no you, what, what I'm saying is when you're in power you don't necessarily want to be overly no. abusive of those not in power because uh, their day will, their day will come. It will come back, and then you will be a little bit mad that you were so mean to them. So one of the one of the games too that I'd like to bring up that uh, we did in college, and this is a for all you geeks out there, and uh, you know thinking about like time, right? Space and time, right? I think Neil deGrasse Tyson you mean like would time sponsor travel. Us. Time travel, absolutely. There is this this little thing that um, you know time definitely changes the drunker you get and if you've never experienced this if you really want to know how this feels do the century club if you've ever heard of the century club it's a little more, it's like power hour plus it's 40 what, it, it does t- it tends to start as the hour of power yeah and then escalate to the century club so what's what's interesting just as a 10 second rundown you pretty much have a eggshell timer in the middle and you, you set it to one minute. These days, it's an iPhone. It's an iPhone now. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. There you go. I say, I believe you're dating yourself a little bit with that comment. You know, that's fine. Eggshell timer. Eggshell timer. No, you can do whatever you want. But here's the thing. And you do it with Don Draper's off trying to sell the advertising. When it rings, you do a shot of beer. Now, here's the thing. A and shot it rings of beer, every minute. It, it, it's so silly in the first, like, 30 or 40 shots because you're like, this is nothing. And you're typically doing some swag beer, right? Coors Light, Bud Light. Keystone Light. Keystone. Natty. Natty Light is, oh, is, light. was our choice. Natty Light. Oh, we should talk about our, our favorite little, little, crap beers. Little Paps Blue Ribbon. Ooh, PBR. I think you could almost do an entire podcast just on all kinds of crappy beer that's out. Oh, yeah. You could. You could. Milwaukee's but it's, it's not great for sponsorship. No, not at all. No, but but every minute you, you do that shot. Now, here's the interesting thing. 50, 60 come around, and you're feeling pretty drunk. And Because the thing is, on the on the course of, an, uh, of 100 minutes, that's about nine beers or so. Okay, depending on What's the film. Yeah, I mean, 100 ounces at 12 ounces of beer, it's, right. it's a lot of beer. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing is, the time between each one gets shorter and shorter. And 60 seconds feels like 10 seconds. It's a good It's a good time. So is this in any way related to Einstein's theory of relativity? The closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time goes. The closer you get to drunk, the slower time goes? No, beer is definitely, I think, uh, is something that he forgot in his equation. I think Einstein was incorrect. Like, he needed to add that. E equals MC squared plus, plus beer. B, <laughs> plus beer. Or, or divide. Yeah, sure. Well, what about what about just you know because you, you go to a bar, obviously gaming and drinking has not been decoupled. I mean, you walk into a typical bar, like you said, there's 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 board games here. You'll see darts, oh. cornhole. I mean, people like to sitting around and just drinking a beer is fine, but people like to do something while they're while they're drinking, right? So pool. why don't we? Well, yeah, go cool. Let's I go mean, around. Let's go around and see who who. What's your favorite? If you could pick anything at a bar, what would you choose? Beeler. Uh, you know, I got to say probably classic video games. Oh. I love Pac-Man? Ba- yeah. Yeah, little pa- little Pac-Man, oh. a little Galaga oh. while drinking a beer. So for those of you up in the Denver area, one up. Ooh. Yeah. One up is your hot spot. Yes. Little Pac-Man Galaga. I've never and, been and there. You can get a Colt 45. Need like. to go. What? Whoa, wait. <laughs> we're talking to wait. We're, we're back on that yeah, track, huh? No, no it's that. it's not far from where we are actually. And huh. they have old classic video games, I mean Rampage. Miss Pac-Man, Galaga, oh, Paperboy with the actual steer. I mean, it's but they have IPA on tap. Gy- it's it's really Gyrus. Gyrus. Oh, and Gyrus. 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 Oh, Gyrus. I like that. I didn't. I didn't see that one coming. That was a good one. That's I like a that. great one. Um, well done. I um, for me, it would have to be. 
for me, it would have to be it would have to be darts. But but steel Ooh. tip, steel tip. None of these plastic darts because they don't there, stick. There has to be a chance of death, right? There has to be a chance of death. Yeah. I'm also a huge fan of cornhole in a bar, but you can find that pretty regular these days. I like steel tip darts when I'm when I'm drinking, and that's you probably shouldn't like projectiles while you're drinking, but. You know, it is what it is. I think humans do pretty much all stupid stuff when they drink, which is fine because it's fun, and you don't really care about the risk. It's true. It hurts less. Smart. I, I just find it really interesting, though, that, I mean, because if you think about how common different various games are, like, darts is way up there at the top of the list, and I just sort of want to know, like, what is it that, oh, we're going to get a whole bunch of people around, we're going to drink a bunch of beer, and we're going to throw sharp metal objects around right. the room. Right. What about that doesn't sound appealing? I... It just seems like it's not really was a smart idea. Although I'm guessing that what ended up happening is, is that somebody got really drunk in a bar at one point, threw a dartboard up there, and then started throwing darts. And they said, oh, this is kind of kind right, of fun. Right, because when you look at the overall premise, like you said, let's get a bunch of sharp metal objects and throw them around, you were probably had one or two in yeah. you when you thought of that. Who was, the begin geni- who was the genius, though, that came up and be like, let's mix darts with family and let's make lawn darts? I'm, I'm glad you asked. It was actually a Frenchman named oh. uh, Jean-Paul Eldart. L- 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 and uh, he, I don't know, I'm just making this completely uh, I like up. it, I like it. No, but I mean, lawn For darts, a second, seriously? you thought I might, yeah, lawn darts. Well, they don't have that anymore. Now it's like the big plastic ball. But we had lawn darts when we were kids. Until Ooh, you'd bocce throw, ball. And lawn darts is even worse than darts. Lawn darts is throw it up in the air and hope to God it doesn't well, kill you. Well, and we used, to, we used to do that game where you just forgot about the rings. And oh, you yeah. just threw it up in the air and just tried to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> which is why, why kids would die. This is why they're banned. Yeah, this is why they're banned. And also... You know, the drinking takes you back to your eight-year-old self. Absolutely. As far as risk taking, and goes. so you go safer. <laughs> so, if, so you go ah. So if not darts, then what that. would your bar game of choice, your parlor game of choice, be? And, and, and I have to say that I I really like the old-fashioned billiards. I mean, I good pool game just there. You're having the beer. You know, you're able then. You know, between uh, well, between I have your to shots, ask. you're able to drink. Billiards or pool? Oh. Because oh. there's billiards, no pockets, pool. and then there's pool, which is actually pool. pocket billiards. And I, I like the pocket billiards, though. I'd, I'd have to go with pool. I was sort of making it more sophisticated. I also wanted to throw a shout-out, though. The other thing, which... Oh, a secondary par- a parlor second, game. A secondary parlor game would be shuffleboard. Especially Ooh. you get, like, the little mini shuffleboard, you know, the bar one. And they've got all that fine sand, and then you're sending it back and forth. I really, I think that might be my favorite. It's just, it's much harder to find. I, I like shuffleboard. The, the problem is when you find it, there's always that overly drunken idiot that decided to put so much sand on it, you can't slide. They're just drawing lines. It's like light coating, but the drunk idiot messes it up and, everybody. And, and, and along with the shuffleboard, though, this, uh, so the thing is, I think it'd be a phenomenal, okay, to, to mix curling and beer drinking. That's like shuffleboard on ice. And you get drunk people playing. That would be amazing. You mean crokinole? No, no. Hey, don't, don't steal my thunder. Oh, that's where you're going? I, that's kind of where I was... Because that's beer drinking and, and That curling. is kind of where I was going. Yeah, but you're not standing on ice. No, you're not. That's true. But no, that's but, what shuffleboard is. But curling is amazing. Uh, anyways, I've, I've never played. I want to. Yeah, so basically you could put a curling like target on a shuffleboard table. Right. And right. play it that way. No, so here's the thing. Gaming, like, as we get into this uh, episode here, is like, I'm, I'm kind of a, a gaming slut. I will play all sorts of games. No. Yes. True. <laughs> and, but but and so I really like. The, but 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 if I have to nail it down, I think dexterity games are extremely fun and and very appropriate. Plus, they much like darts, your ability and pool, your ability to play them. Peaks. Peaks and and games when you're drinking. There is a graph. Makes it interesting. So yeah, no. So Johnson mentioned it. Crokinole. Most Americans have never heard of this game. Um, it's a little bit like. Uh, 
uh, shuffleboard mixed with uh, horseshoes mixed yeah, with... Yeah, the, the dimensions of the board are actually the same. Fit um, on the table. The, well, the they're, table. they're the same as curling, the actual circles. But they're just obviously smaller. Oh, the ratio. The ratio. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. No, it's a great game. Look it up. Um, there's a website. I might as well throw it out there. Boardgamegeek.com. Look up Crokinole. Yeah, and it's it's basically this old school game. Um, and in the United States, if you're if you're a little bit older, you might be familiar with Carom. Carom was a, a kind of a version where it's a square board with pockets, and you flick little wooden discs. That was in 1970s, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. But Crokinole is sort of like that. You have little wooden discs trying to get them closer to the center. Um, and in fact, in the center would be a perfect shot. And there's uh, a series of pins that sort of surround the center, and then you're able to um, when you flick them. Uh, you're trying to get them closer to the center, and you're, you're able to knock the, uh, the other ones off. In fact, speaking of crokinole... By the way, it, just so you know, real quick, you're not going to find a crokinole board in a bar. Yes. In, in America, in general. So and you have to buy your own or make your own. So two items that I wanted to mention about crokinole. First, I believe that the game originally is, is Canada, and I wanted to shout out to my Canadian roots for, it, for developing <laughs> such an you, awesome game. Are you sure you want to divulge that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're, we're trying to get ratings here, I oh, think, Johnson, Canada. right? Oh, Canada, I stand on God holy. <laughs> the other thing is is that I believe that um, Johnson, you, and, and, and Jose built a number of crokinole boards yes. from, from scratch. We, uh, we, have a, we have a little bit of woodworking skills. By the way, building crokinole boards with power tools, another game you can play while you're drinking. No. Ooh. Not. Oh. <laughs> don't ever. We should probably put a disclaimer on that. Don't right. do that. Oh, no, I'm not saying you should and in any way, but I don't make power saws. No, you know what? It doesn't matter. Someone will say, no, they said it's okay. Don't drink and use power tools. Ever. We, we never, Ever. We, we never did. It's sort of like, you know, don't drink and luge. <laughs> yeah, the, there are certain things you don't want to put together. <laughs> yeah, luge. Okay, so we're going to have luge. to, so, okay, so we have a secondary list going. Well, power you mentioned and curling, luge. right? Don't I'm drink. like, curling and drinking, you could probably get away with. Uh, drinking and luging, not, not so much. Okay, so we're starting the list of things you shouldn't do while you're drinking. Otherwise, oh. the Denver paramedics will have to show up and take you that away. That is a good one. Oh, we got the uh, the fire truck. The yes, local Denver. Uh, uh, okay. Fire department. Well, if we are Thank evacuated, we'll I think I think maybe they're coming in for a drink. I don't know. We'll have we to really see. should give a shout out to them too. Like, I mean, well, you know, thanks yeah, to d- everyone who does that. D- yeah, I mean, uh, respect the men and women of, of all services. Be it be it medical, Denver Fire, police. Uh, they military. save a lot of people who do drink. They are, they are here. There's going to be a picture going up on the Instagram shortly, but they have showed up at the Denver Beer Company. They might just be here for the handheld pies. You know, <laughs> the pasty republic. And 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 it does. I that's do the, say the handheld pies do look do, do look delicious. They do. <laughs> we we <laughs> ate at the last stop. So um, okay. Uh, so what other? I mean, what what are some other games that you would feel comfortable? And actually, I want to go back. Because there, there's a variety of games. Oh, they're actually breaking out a stretcher. They're here for more than the the, the, the pie. That's not good. Maybe someone uh, too too big of a piece. Too, they, I'm they, just saying. Maybe they were playing lawn darts. Listen, lawn darts. Someone was you playing. You really need to watch what you say on this podcast. All I'm saying is, you know, be uh, be responsible when you're drinking. Anyway, um, and now they're just leaving with the stretcher. So I guess it was a false alert. They're they're going to get laughing. a lot. She's laughing. They're going to get a lot of pasty republic pies. They brought a stretcher out to load it up. Anyway. So what about what are some other games that um, that the point is just to drink? I mean, you, you think of things like beer pong, but there's variations. There's a game. There's a game that's a beer pong s, but it's called baseball. Ooh, right, where you have cups lined up and they represent single, double, triple home runs, and there's outs if you miss. Like that to me was more fun. The point is still to drink, but I enjoyed the I enjoyed the dexterity. I enjoyed the challenge of that game. What I think was really interesting is is that so you you had four cups lined up in a row right for the single double double triple and you would yeah. throw that you you were throwing a, like a ping pong ball and mm-hmm. attempting to have it land in one of the cups 
Yes. And each time that you failed, that would be an out. And so what was really interesting was is that eventually you would, and you, you kind of kept track of these like virtual runners, right? And so there would be a point where the pressure would kind of be on. You had a couple of outs, you had a couple runners on, and you needed then to land it in there in order to get it. What's nice also is, is that since obviously the baseball game has nine innings, you would have multiple chances where you'd have this tense kind of thing going on. It was a very fun time when we played it not too long ago. Yeah, and, and a lot like real baseball, most of the time it's one, two, three, you're out, and you move on. But once in a while you put together an inning. You get some runners on base, you strand some runners, you get frustrated because you left the guy on third. But it's, it's, it's fun, and we actually played it, I think we used water, and we weren't even really drinking as a drinking game. We were just enjoying the dexterity of throwing ping pong balls. And it was, it was, I think it was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think that that, and that's sort of a little bit more of it elevated over, um, over say, Beer Park. Yeah. The other one that, and, and I don't even know what the name of it was that was Jesse's f- favorite game. Um, Jesse's a friend of ours. Oh, uh, no, Beer uh, Die. Uh, uh, and was it just called Beer Snappa, Die? Snappa. Snappa is, is what it's throw called. Die. It's okay, but it's, it's basically, you know, with that you're trying to throw dice and get it into a cup, and then if you miss and it bounces, you have to catch it or you drink. It's okay. It's, it's a dexterity game, but to me it was less, there was less tension in that game, right? That The whole point of that game was really to drink some beer. And, and I also would say is, is that, at least for me, and I, granted I'm not, particularly coordinated, but it was very hard to catch the dot. No, that's true, folks. He's not particularly coordinated. <laughs> no, and it, it can be hard, especially on the bigger table. By the way, the sun-drenched hoppy wheat coming in at a 5.2, that's got to mean ABV. It can't be a 5.2 IBU. That would be extremely low. I'm going to say it's a 5.2 ABV, sun-drenched hoppy wheat. What did you guys think of that one? We've already passed it around, the hoppy wheat. Um, definitely not, not, not my kind of... Not my kind of beer. I mean, I'm just not into the hoppier sort of flavors. Definitely has a very um, hoppy aroma. Um, you really kind of pick that up, pick that up from it. But so I don't know that I necessarily would be very well qualified to say whether that was good or not. I, I'm a fan of the the new hoppy wheats. I'm, I'm noticing that from uh, several breweries. Uh, a very good example. I know they're canning that as well. Um, uh, really happy with that one. That one's a good one going in the summer. And here's the thing: if you if you do try that and it's in a can, pour it into a glass. Yes. Do not be drinking yes. that just out of a can. And that goes with a lot of these. You want That's the aroma. Good with everything with any aroma. Pilsners, by all means, just drink it from the bottle if you'd like. Yeah. Anything with hops and aroma with aroma, you've got to drink out of a glass. Yeah, and I and I will say this one, and the next one we're going to talk about, by the way, is. Uh, is the Princess Yum Yum Raspberry Kolsch. It's 4.8%. We're going to talk about that. But the Hoppy Wheat, I would say that this is not... It, it's, not as, it's not as weedy as their actual Walt Weiss beer, right? Yes, true. But there's a, there's a hoppy note, but it, it, or a weedy note, and a little bit of... It, to me, it's almost a cross between a, uh, an American pale and, and a wheat. Yeah. Right. No, I, and, and I like it. I, I think it's it, it is a kind of a mashup of two different styles, and I really enjoy it being, being the, the, you know, the, the hop connoisseur. So. And this next one is one of their... Uh, um, one of their recent releases. This was their spring, summer canned seasonal, and it's 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 you know people like this one. It's Bert, it's it's a German style Kolsch, and they actually use real raspberries. It has the color, um, and it's 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 supposed to be a little bit it's, tart, a little bit dry. People I, have been liking this. I, one. I was actually going to say when you made the comment about it being tart, yes. I really it would definitely. I was sort of expecting when I heard like you know a lighter raspberry type of beer. I'm kind of thinking something that's got a little bit of sweetness to it to kind of add into it. This is definitely um, really comes across actually as having a, a real sour tang yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's crossed over to quite like a sour beer yet, but no. it's tart and it does have that raspberry tartness. It's, it's a dry a version word. of a fruit beer, right? Yeah, yeah, they're very very low sweetness. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. No, it's and that is something that is 
the kind of beer I think that you would like to drink on a hot summer's day and you want something refreshing. What's the ABV on that, Johnson? It's 4.8. 4.8. There you go. So next up on our list, before we get back to our uh, random discussion of all things random, is probably <laughs> my favorite name of a beer, the Beery McBeerface. Did, did they vote? I wonder if they had a, a voting contest because that uh, is a great... I hope so. Yeah, they should. In honor of voting McBoface, Except, which I think is going through. They're right. actually going to name that I think, yeah, they're going to stick with it. that... Are yeah. they? Because I heard that the last time I heard Maybe that, that they weren't going to. That's like when... Uh, Which is lame, right? They did a contest and it won. It's a game. And they did not stick true to it. They tried to name a lot of things after Stephen yes. Colbert over the years. They tried to name a space station after him. Space station, a bridge. A treadmill after I think they actually named the bridge after him. Whoa, whoa. Named after who? Stephen Colbert. Who's he, that? Yeah, I, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. I love that man. I will say this. Speaking of games you can play drunk, recommending names for vessels is a game people play drunk. Yes. When they came up with Bodie McBoatface. So this is Beery McBeerface. This is this is our <laughs> democracy, ladies and gentlemen. This is an English pale ale at 5.2%. Who's tried it? Somebody try it. I'll, somebody oh, drink, yeah, we, we haven't. Sorry. Drink Beery McBeerface. We're going to hand Beery McBeerface around. Um, yeah, no, I, this is the reason I didn't let the internet pick the name of my show. What is, what is the style <laughs> again of this? It's an English pale. English pale. Got it. Yes, sir. And it comes in at 5... Uh, it comes in at I close my app. It comes in at five oh, point. The aroma, the aroma, and then the taste match so well. There's some beers that you actually have the aroma, and then you taste it, and you're like, "What? This is awesome." Is that like when you see like a, a, a big guy with giant muscles go, "Hey, everybody!" Like the voice just doesn't match. Like he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Is that kind of the same thing? Right. But this beer is not that. But you're right. So this is not the Mike Tyson of beers. <laughs> Mike. Whoa! Oh, we almost had a Don't we almost had a uh, an accident. I just choked on Bodie McBeerface or Beery Mc uh, shit Beery McBeerface. Beery McBeerface. That is. Hey, so Smiley, what would you think of that Beery McBeerface? Because let's see if we got the beer face. I want to make I want to have another taste of it in, in order to really form a solid opinion of it here. I, I like it. It's, he's, it's, he's a last minute voter. He hasn't committed yet. That's right. That's right. He's still he's still, he's an it, independent. And it's it's still a good. Um, I mean, it, it's got a, it's got it, not quite caramely. It's got a sweet malt and a little bit of hop dryness, but it's 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 pretty it's pretty even, pretty in the middle. Well, one thing that w- you want to do when you are going to be sampling beer like this, and this is, I don't know if it's ever, I've never heard anybody just say this outright on on beer things or whatever, but blow your nose, get your get get that nasal passages just clean and clear because not, not into the beer. No, 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 yeah, not into the beer, but you've got to be able to what? smell. Your sniffer's got to be working. So, Smiley, yeah. what's your uh, take? I, I liked it. I think that it's just it's a very even, smooth beer, really. Like, yeah. um, and I agree with you. Not, yeah. not. I mean, there's just hints of a bunch of different things in there, I, but nothing that's really overpowering. I think uh, when you do a classic style, and and you do it well, that's this is a good example. This is a good example. They're not going too far east or west. I will North say, or I, South is just kind of on point. I love the aroma. Yeah, love it. Yeah, all all the essentials are taken care of here. The essentials of oh. Beery McBeerface. I except, absolutely love it, except for the name. Well, no, the name is great. How are we doing on time? That's a good question. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to have a, a little interview with one of the brewers here at Denver Beer Company. So, we've 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 tried five. We've got uh, we've got seven more to go. Stick around with us on the Beer Blazers. We'll be right back.
All right, joining me now is Jason Beeler, the head brewer at Denver Beer Company. Jason, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we went up and, uh, you know, had a little time in the, in the brewery and tasted all your stuff and really enjoyed some of the stuff you guys are doing up there. What, um, what brought you into Denver? I know you have a lot of uh, background in brewing, but what, what brought you into Denver Beer and, and I guess in brewing in general? What got you interested in that? Yeah, um, brewing in general, you know, uh, my, my dad uh, was a home brewer when I was a, a kid and still is an avid home brewer, um, so that was definitely part of my, my inspiration. Uh, I had a, uh, a short uh, sales career after I graduated uh, college and uh, just, you know, found brewing to be something that I kept coming back to and something that I was super passionate about. So uh, in 2006, I kind of decided to make the leap and uh, try to make a, a career out of it and uh, quit my, my sales job and went to school at the Siebel Institute and uh, actually kind of leads into your, your next question. Uh, Charlie Berger, uh, one of the co-founders of Denver Beer Company, was one of my classmates. And so he and I have, have kind of stayed friends uh, for a long time. And uh, that was one of the main driving forces for sure in bringing me into Denver Beer Company about a year ago. Okay, and Denver Beer, um, they've been open now for, and they're not brand new, but they certainly haven't been around forever. They've been open since, what, about 2010, 2011? Yeah, 2011. Um, so we're just coming up this August uh, on our fifth year anniversary at the Tap Room, um, and then we do as well have a production brewery uh, in Sunnyside that's uh, just was coming up on its two-year anniversary. Is the production brewery where you're doing most of the brewing and canning, or is that? Kind um, of I mean, we do we do brewing in in both locations, so we definitely do a lot of fun beers at the Tap Room, and we do a lot of fun beers at Canworks as well, which is what we call our production brewery, uh, but that is where uh, the mo- majority of our packaging is done. Um, we do all of our canning there, and we do have a, uh, a bomber uh, filler and capper that we, we kind of is mobile, and we run back and forth between the two breweries. Okay, I know you guys just uh, a few weeks ago did a, a music festival up at the Taproom in Denver. Is that, with the weather getting nicer in summertime, is that something you guys try to do regularly, some sort of an outdoor event or something along those lines? Yeah, we actually, we, we did that um, that festival, the Sundrench Music Festival, we did at our Canworks facility, um, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a, a, a big festival for us, for sure. Um, we do a lot of events at the Tap Room, but this was, and, and we do a lot of events as well at, at Canworks, but this is kind of our, our first big, um, you know, summer music festival that, that we had, uh, that we had attempted, and it was, a, it was a great success. We had a lot of fun with bluegrass bands, and, uh, it was, it was, it was great, despite some, some kind of rough uh, spring Colorado weather. It wasn't it wasn't too bad. We didn't get any rain, but it was definitely on the chilly side. Uh, but everyone had a good time, uh, regardless. Yeah, I didn't get to come up. One of my co-hosts actually did. And he, that was basically what he said a little cold, um, but luckily the rain's yep. away. And, you know, in Colorado, that's the best you can ask for sometimes. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're lucky enough on a you know a weekly basis to see a lot of sun sunshine. Unfortunately, our event came on one of those days that we didn't see a lot of it, but it did it did make an appearance a, a few times for a little bit. And uh, yeah, like you said, everybody had a great time despite it, the the, 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 uh, the clouds. So. Yeah, it's great. I always like seeing those events around town, especially the brewery being a fan of craft brewing and brewing myself. It's always good to have a spot like that to go and hang out for a few days. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm pretty proud of some of the events that we do. We do a lot of fun events. We do a beer, bacon, coffee uh, festival at the tap room. Uh, we do beers and spears, which is a beer and pickle pairing. Uh, we did a mac and cheese bake off at the the tap room, and we do, we do an oyster stout fest. Um, so we do a lot of fun events, and uh, we're we're pretty proud of it. And uh, you know, everyone always has a good time at them. So 
uh, it's definitely part of the fun of, of being in the brewing industry. I've done a lot of different uh, beer pairing events, but I can't say I've ever been to one where you uh, pair beer and pickles. What, what, you, what, you, what kind of you, beers go well with pickles? You would be very surprised. Uh, we have some real good friends over at The Real Deal. Okay. And they come they come up with some amazing beers, um, and, and we pair with them. So we've done some stuff where they'll, they'll do a, a, a garlic pickle that'll pair actually really well with a really hoppy beer. Um, or they've done, uh, they do a, a caraway seed pickle, um, and we've kind of done a, a play on some of our, uh, our rye beers with that. Um, but uh, you'd be surprised at, at how well the, the pickle pairings uh, go over. Uh, I'll be honest with you, when they, I first heard about this, this was an event that has taken place since before I've been at Denver Beer Company, and okay. I was a little skeptical myself, but I'm a, I'm a believer now, so it's, it's, a fun, it's definitely a fun event, and it's gotten more and more popular every time we've done it. I think we do it maybe three or four times a year, but uh, it's, a, it's, it's a pretty fun event that we do with them. Wow, I'll have to look for that and try to come up and check that out. That sounds interesting. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned that you have uh, some bombers and you do some uh, small batch bomber stuff. Can you give us a little more information about that? Yeah, for sure. We, we like to have you know have fun with our beers and we do some special releases throughout the year. Um, so you know, usually every month or two months, we'll we'll roll out with a new bomber that's in a very limited release. We do release uh, some throughout the state, um, but uh, for the most part, we you know we, we run a lot through our tap room as well. So it's always fun to come down to the tap room and try the beer on tap, and then you know you've got the bomber there ready to go. So we uh, we just recently released Cocoa Cream Graham Cracker Porter, which is uh, kind of a beefed up version of our, our graham cracker porter with lactose sugar and uh, some, some cocoa nibs and some dark chocolate in there and some vanilla beans and it's a really nice beer. Um, we're just getting ready to release here in the next week um, our blood orange tandem uh, double IPA. So uh, we've, one of our standard beers is our incredible pedal West Coast IPA and so we've done a 10% version of that with, uh, with blood oranges in the fermentation and uh, that beer came out really, really nice for such a big 10% beer. It's really smooth. It's not too sweet. It's got a, it's got a sweet flavor, but it, the beer actually dried out, so it's not too cloyingly sweet. Um, but that's a, that's going to be a fantastic uh, beer for the early part of this summer. Um, and then coming up to celebrate our 50th anniversary, uh, we're doing a chocolate coconut graham cracker porter in Bombers. So again, a, a, a higher ABV, 8% version of our standard graham cracker porter aged on chocolate uh, and, and coconut and vanilla beans as well. And, uh, that's been a, uh, a crowd favorite down at the tap room, so we're excited to get that in a, in a bottle as well. Excellent. Um, it sounds like you have, you've done some unique beers. I mean, is that is experimenting with new styles something that you really enjoy? And, and how much time do you think you get to spend doing that versus you know, making the tried and true flagship beers? Yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's always an interesting balance. You know, you, you never want to get stagnant with beers, and I definitely enjoy uh, coming up with with new and creative things and using uh, alternative ingredients. We've done some sake yeast beers, and we've done some beers with cascara, which is the uh, the, the uh, skin off of the coffee fruit, uh, which has got a really interesting kind of tobacco cherry-like flavor. Um, but we, you know, we definitely have a lot of fun, uh, and, and you know, like I said, you got to stay stay focused on always experimenting and developing. Developing, I mean, especially in today's craft market where, where you know things just grow and change so rapidly. Uh, so we, you know, you gotta you gotta do that, but staying true to kind of classic styles, we like to really focus on balancing those those two things. So we like to have a lot of fun. 
Uh, we also pump out some some classic beers too. So uh, it's it's definitely uh, tricky sometimes to you know m make sure you're you're being aggressive, but at the same time providing people with a you know a drink drinkable product um, and, and you know kind of appealing to both those craft enthusiasts as well as just kind of your everyday drinker. Right, and it looks like um, you've got. Is this still happening? The, uh, the the beer and donut pairing. Yeah, we've we've definitely we've got the uh, beer and donut pairing coming up with Carbon. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I know that their their cooks have had fun uh, pairing up. You know, some of uh, some of some interesting donut creations, and they're just down the street from us. They're just a few few doors down, so that's definitely something that we're looking forward to. I mean, you know, you talk about beers and spears, and people thinking, you know, maybe that's not a, you know uh, an easy pairing, but donut and beer definitely an easy pairing, and, and there's lots of fun that we can have with that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about um, just in general? Any big beer festivals you guys are planning on attending this year? Do you go to the big ones like JBF and some of the All Colorado, or you sort of mix your mix and match the ones you get out to? Yeah, of course. You know, we, we have a, a strong team of, of people that, that go to a lot of those events. I try to get out to some of them myself, but um, you know, GABF is always a big one, especially it being here in being Denver. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We get to see a lot of our friends, and uh, you know, a lot of our brewer friends come through and visit, and that's always a good time. But it's kind of extra special for us. We we do a collaboration celebration, um, which is uh, always on the Friday of GABF, and so we're going to be doing that again this year. So we we invite in a bunch of breweries to come in and, and brew collaboration uh, beers with us, and then um, you know we have a, a big block party that Friday. So I think we usually start around two in the afternoon and roll that thing through seven or eight o'clock at night. And so it kind of hits during the actual GABF uh, session, okay. which uh, a, a lot of our, our friends say, you know, it's a really nice alternative if you're you're in Denver and, you know, you're planning on going to GABF, but you don't want to deal with the massive crowds at the con convention center. It's kind of a nice, you know, smaller alternative. We usually get about 2,000 people coming through and we've got some nice bands and uh, we've got food and people have a good time and we release all those collaborations there. So. That's awesome. Um, I think I know we're going to hit at least six this year. Okay. Uh, we've got coll collaborations scheduled with Rheingeist uh, out of Cincinnati, uh, Base Camp up in Portland, Distill um, in Illinois, and uh, Saranac out of New York. Um, we we kind of initially started this with a little bit with them, so we kind of always hit up with them. And then uh, Draftworks up in Missoula, Montana. And uh, we've got we've got a few more planned. Another one uh, with Mother Road uh, out in Arizona. So we like to have fun with it, and uh, we're we're not even completely set. We may add a few more before uh, before the fall rolls around. So needless to say, if people are out and about this summer, they can find Denver beer brew on tap or at a festival somewhere. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we we attend you know the majority of the. The, the bigger festivals. I know we had a, a bunch of our people up at Burning Can uh, yesterday, so um, you know we, we definitely hit the uh, the festival circuit as well. Great. Well, I mean, thanks again for taking a few minutes to talk with us and having us into the brewery. Really appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Cheers. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with more from Beer Brothers. That was a good intro, and we're back on Beer Blazers. Uh, we've got a bunch more beer to try here. We've got uh, seven more beers to put down at the Denver Beer Company. So let's just dive right in before we talk about too much else and get into their um, their incredible pedal, West Coast IPA. This is uh, 
This is, well, this is, I mean, frankly, this is their IPA. So I don't know how else to describe it. Let me give you the details on it. This bad boy is 7% ABV. It's their West Coast style IPA. What do you guys think of this one? You've been having it all day. Yeah, I, I've got a pint of it over here. Um, very solid IPA. I'm not mad about it at all. You, you give this to me, drinking it. You yeah. had some notes too. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, from an IP, IPA standpoint, this is uh, it, it just an ex- exemplary uh, yeah, example think, of IPA. It's delicious. I think it's a classic West Coast right. IPA style. Right. Nice and clear. It has a good citrus nose. Uh, a little, I, I pick up a little hint of the grapefruit, the grapefruit citrusy on it. Um, not over, not, not knock you out bitter, but it's it's definitely hoppy. No, and, and the aroma, it's not really like there's there's a very slight aroma. It's not huge, I, and I, I don't know if it's dry hopped. Yeah, it's just I don't think it's dry hopped. I pick, it's a little grassy, but it, you're right. It's not it's not in your face aroma, right. but it, it's got it. It's there. There's a there's a nose to it. I should also point out. <clears throat> so. This episode that you're listening to should be released on June 4th, if I did my job right. Which means, Wednesday of this week, June 6th, they're releasing a new bomber from Denver Beer Company. It's their Blood Orange Tandem Pedal. So basically, it's their, it's this IPA recipe, but it's been tweaked. They made it into a double IPA. It's a blend of Centennial, Nelson Savin, Citra, Mosaic, and Amarillo Hops. And they, they, uh, they introduced Blood Oranges into this to give it just that citrus intensity and kind of up the malt the malt profile. It's going to come in at about 9.5%, so look for that. So latest bomber release. Um, once again, it's the... Uh, hang on. It's the Blood Orange Tandem Pedal. And as a matter of fact, there's a giant fermentation tank right next to us of the Blood Orange Tandem right next to us. So it's 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 on tap. We're going to open it up and just drink Ro- Road it. trip? A couple days? Road trip? Uh, We're going to road trip. Let's just hook it up and drink it now. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put a glass in it. Although, if it's releasing June 6th, it couldn't have been brewed that long ago. Actually, what does it say? I think it said it was brewed on the 29th. Prob- uh, prob- actually, 19th. brewed 19th. Okay, 19th. So, it's probably, it's 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 beer-like now. It's been in there for a week and a half, but it's coming out in June. So, check that one out when you get a chance. I'd hit it. And I didn't really uh, also share my thoughts on, on the IPA. Yeah. No- uh, self-confessed, not a fan of, of IPAs, but I will say actually no, that... And, and you're done. All right, let's continue <laughs> next one. No, we let Jenny talk when it came <laughs> to the IPAs. No, and the thing is, is actually, is I would say this is an excellent IPA. Um, I, I, I could almost drink it. Oh. <laughs> that's that's how good it is. And that's high praise coming from me that's not a fan. Wow. Oh, wow. So so not only are we all saying it's a good, sample, a good example of an IPA, you're also saying as an IPA... You would still indulge. You know what? I, you know, Jenny is right over here. I'm, I'm going to have her sample it. I want to see what she says. Yeah, let Jenny take a little tasty and see what she thinks about that IPA. Um, and while she does that, the next one up, by the way, is the El Diablo. This is a tequila barrel aged Mexican lager. Yep. So this one has been aged in tequila barrels. Um, a lot of a lot of beers a lot of beers have been doing that lately. And this one comes in, by the way, at 9.7 ABV for a tequila aged imperial lager. Imperial lager. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, I've I've had the uh, uh, the tequila aged uh, lagers before. I'd I'd say this is a, a superior product here. The nose on that beer, by the way, the nose on that beer is just tequila. Like yeah. you just get yeah. the tequila nose. I don't get you don't get any sort of alcohol burn with it. It's it's pretty clean all the way through. I think they've done a good job of blending the tequila. Yeah, Jose's over here making faces as he sniffs it. I, yeah, no. 
No, thumbs, the, thumbs up. No, the aroma is amazing. I have not sipped it yet. I'm about to. I think that actually what this is, um, what this really makes me think of is the beeritas because you've got the tequila yes. with the beer in, like the, the tequila barrels aged inside in. I mean, for those, I don't know if people aren't familiar, right? you got a margarita, you put it, throw a beer on top of it and allow the beer to sort of flow into the margarita and kind of mix. This almost is like a beer that just has that flavor just from the get-go. And it's not a Coors Light Lamarita. Now, now what, are, what are the stats again on or that? Bud Light Lamarita. So that is tequila infused? I well, no, it's, no, it's aged in tequila barrels. I don't know that it's tequila infused. Okay. But it's 9.7 ABV, and they call it an imperial lager. Nine point, I was going to say, there is definitely a lot of alcohol, and, and not bad. It, it's really good. And the, the, the flavor, if you like, as Smiley put it, if you like some, some burritos, this is your beer. I need some goddamn chips and salsa. Right yes. Now. Stat. Yes. Fresh. You are not lying. And you know, I've seen other, bre- like uh, Great Divide. Has, or is it Great Divide or who has the mercenary? That's Odell. Right? Odell mercenary. Yeah. So they did um, a, a, a crossover where they aged their, their IPA in tequila barrels. And then they had tequila aged in their old barrels at one point. So they did this crazy crossover. And it, it, it makes some interesting things when you start blending bourbons and tequilas and any barrel age, really. It's gonna it's gonna hop up, not hop up by hops, but punch up your your beer and your flavor a little bit. Yeah, and I have, I have to echo that. I mean, really, you sit down with a bowl of chips and salsa, a couple pints of that, and you. I mean, that's I, a little I'd, bit. I'd of almost right just there. Uh, sit over like a pan of carne asada with with some tortillas and, and that. We're, we're going back oh, a couple all episodes to, that's to, all I'm gonna do. to food pairing. We want oh, chips, man, salsa, we, and that tequila. I beer. think we're all getting hungry too. So it's, it's that time. <laughs> well, we're trying to pair, we're trying to pair some food wow. with this beer. Fresh tortillas, right? Tortillas. Tortillas. Yes. Tortilla chips. Okay. So <clears throat> the next beer on our list, by the way, is the Graham Cracker Porter, 5.6 ABV. This one is one of their um, uh, one of their big beers. So this is one of their their their. their They've won at GABF for this. It was a, it was a GABF yes. medal winner. It has been described like a campfire in a glass. So they're looking for vanilla, cedar, spices, and again, 5.6, semi-dry, roasted malt finish. So that's what they're looking for. Campfire in a glass. Think campfire. That's what they want you to be thinking right now. Campfire in a glass, in a graham cracker, wrapped, wrapped in a s'more. You know, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, like, a huge, huge fan of smoke stuff, but this is really, really good. What about salmon? No, no, it's it's excellent. It is delicious. Um, I would I would definitely say that I can't imagine myself camping, which we often do during the summer, having that next to campfire. I would be pretty pretty pleased. Be okay with that. Yeah, no, it, this is this has the right notes of sweetness and smoke, and I have some of the same issues with smoked beer sometimes. Uh, and I'm a fan of smoke, right? On on meats, but uh, I think this is this strikes the right balance, which is uh, not easy to do. Right. I've had a, I've had my share of over smoked beers. That one's really nice. And I think the the smoky and the roasty comes through in the nose, and then the chocolate and the taste for me anyway. I just I just think it's a very solid solid porter. It was really good. I think it had some of that smokiness, and um, ended up that it, it blended it pretty well. And in general, I mean, you, you talked about IPAs not being your wheelhouse. Porters and stouts tend to be right up your right up your alley. Oh, so, yes. absolutely. I like. It. Although I would say this is not at the top of my list of porters. It's it's good, I, but not. I wouldn't. For me personally, I did not think it was exceptional. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Not putting the the smiley buy stamp of approval. Like you're not hitting the button like uh, Kramer. Like buy. That's not that's not happening. No. Okay. 
Uh, we do have a we have a little bit of time. We have a couple more beers to try, but um, I want to I want to vector back to our, our topic just for a minute here and talk about the games because there are also in the world we talked about. There's board games here in the world of board games. Oh. People may not know there are also board games that revolve around beer and alcohol. And one such example is a game called uh, uh, Brewcrafters, which we've played before. And you basically, in this game, you sit down, and it's a board game, right? Pieces and, and cardboard, the whole nine yards. And you sit down, and you, you each individually are running a brewery, and you build your tasting room and your tap house and your barrel aging room, and then you actually have to produce beer, buy the recipe, ship it out the door. And so it's very Euro. What, what, what does Euro mean? So, uh, that's a whole other podcast. That's Not why, even an episode. That's podcast. why I asked it. So <laughs> I know, but so you're, okay. Uh, I'm just gonna. There, there's two real big, big general categories of games. There's games that were made in America. That's what I'm gonna leave it at. That things like Yahtzee, Monopoly, Scrabble, Risk. Those are American style board games. Then there's the Euro style games, which are very heavy on deduction and in a lot of cases very abstract. Like there's a theme pasted on them that strategy and fun. Sh- strategy and fun. But these are more... But my wife, my wife is fond of calling constipation games because everyone sitting on the table looks constipated because they're concentrated. Oh, I like that. I, <laughs> it's yeah. good. And so it's a, it's a lot of concentration and strategy and it's not like Monopoly where you roll the dice, buy a property. If you buy property in a Euro-style game, you acquired it through some sort of a hostile takeover negotiation something. It's not just all luck-based. So more strategy, less luck is really the big dividing line. And this game is more about you have to produce the resources, make the beer, sell the beer, but you're not rolling dice to make resources. You're acquiring them through various methods and, and using your money to do things. And so there's board games that are beer. And there's also board games for wine, uh, where you're a winemaker. Um, and what's the other craft? Oh, Vino. The, yeah. the wine was called oh, Vino, I believe. No, uh, right? Viticulture. Viticulture. Oh, Viticulture? Viticulture. That one. And so you're making wine, and then you've got, there was a beer, it was a card oh, game? Oh, so, no, there, there's another board game called Gold, Goldbrow. It's uh, G-O-L-D-B-R-A-U. And it is, uh, it's modeled after Oktoberfest. And uh, it's a strategy game of, of going to all the different beer tents in uh, Germany um, during the, 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 fun, the funness of uh, Oktoberfest. Um, it's a pretty good game. It's not bad, uh, but definitely some strategy involved. Um, all of these can be found, by the way, at BoardGameGeek.com. I already mentioned it one time, but I think all of us um, have been there pretty much daily. Because uh, that's one of our other passions is uh, board games. I think Smiley has quite a lot to add on this topic. So, well, again, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But but I, I mean, we're gonna just we'll stick though to the beer related games. And I do want to say that I think that Brewcrafters probably is the ultimate as far as a strategy game. Certainly, um, a little complicated for the uninitiated, but definitely well well worth it. Well, re- you know, very rewarding. Gold Prowl is a little bit lighter but decent. There was another one. Um, I forget what it was called. It was kind of like um, some sort of um, beer dice type of game, and you ended up that you, yes, you had hot yes, dice. Yes, yes. The, and the dice set your... Or, and the or, reason I can't yeah. remember it is because it wasn't particularly it wasn't good. Pretty. And unfortunately, this is the problem, is that a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's lots of people who like beer. I'm going to make a board game that's about beer. And then they're not very good. Right. And so I think of, of the different areas we've talked about, there are games in which you are... The point is to drink beer. There are games you can play while drinking beer, and these fall firmly into the category of games about beer that you can play while drinking beer. So it's just beer all the way around. By the way, this next beer that we're trying, speaking of beer all the way around, it's another one of their uh, graham cracker porters, but this is the Cocoa Cream graham cracker porter. So it's a take on the same beer, but this one is 7% ABV. This one should probably be a little creamier. I don't know. What's everyone think about this? By the way, Bomber's available at Denver Beer Company. All right. 
I'm a huge fan. This, I mean, the coconut, the, the creaminess that comes really through, the porters there. I mean, this solid contention for my top top pick here. Granted, I know that I'm a sucker for porters, so this is really good. This night and yeah, day, I almost I, from the, the previous porter. This is really truly excellent. This this takes the creaminess up a notch. It takes the chocolate up a notch. Um, I actually have a, a bomber this waiting for me at the house. I haven't cracked it open yet, and uh, now I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, excellent. Excellent beer, um, yeah. It just it just takes those chocolate notes up. It really really changes the beer. No, I, and I just echo what they said. That is delicious. I like it a lot. I think yeah. the sweetness is is good, and I think that uh, there's definitely a uh, uh, a difference between uh, the previous one we had. So they really like this one. And so take, going back to the last one, which you know, Smiley, you said is it was okay, not your favorite. This one this one notches up though quite a bit. For oh, me. And, the, and just being person that really enjoys and likes porters this really is an excellent porter yeah and i think this is these are both the graham cracker line right it's just yes yeah one is one is up in the chocolate notes on it so right so the first one is their graham cracker porter the second one is their cocoa cream graham cracker porter so a little more chocolate a little more cream i do i, I think it, it puts it up for me it does it puts it it puts it from an okay porter to a, a pretty a pretty fine porter um, Citrus Smash is our next beer coming down the line here. The Citrus Smash is an American Pale Ale at 5.1 ABV. So this one, we're looking for some citrusy notes. A little bit of hops, maybe. Coming out a ton. So usually, um, you know, as you sample beers and they give the sampler, they're, they're, you know, you go kind of from the lighter beers into the darker beers. Correct. I noticed that this beer was lighter and it's towards the end of the, the list of beers. Why exactly is that? What's sort of going on with this one? So, I mean, and that's a good question. And typically, yes, you want to start with low IBU and work your way up because the more bitter beers, the higher IBU, the higher bitterness, the more it sort of dominates your palate. Um, sometimes, though, when you get samplers at breweries, and, and as is the case here, they sort of have their staple beers that are always there, right? And those are the first five or six on the chalkboard. And so they'll kind of put those in order, and then everything at the bottom of the chalkboard is something that's seasonal or special or something they've only done right now. So because of that, and in, in, in the course of doing this show, it's just easier to drink them in the order that's on the chalkboard. You end up kind of going through their base beers into their IPA and then kind of back to some of the seasonal stuff. So you do kind of mix and match. In a perfect world, we would have had this probably right before we had the IPA. But no, that's a, that's a, that's a, good, that's a good point. So, Very good point. Oh, so I should the, probably let you try it. Huh? Yeah, the, to talk about the, that, that sample of, of uh, Pale Ale. Um, Citrus Smash. Citrus Smash. It's... Um, to me, I don't know. It's, it's a little grassy, I think. A little overly grassy. Um, I'm not. Yeah, a, it's very grassy. I'm agree. not a huge, huge fan of when it's it's it kind of balanced uh, more towards that. Um, it's it's drinkable, uh, but not my favorite. Yeah, I would, I, I would, that was actually my. I had a similar thought. Like it has a very grassy taste, which is usually okay. But this one, it was it was it was dominant for me, being too grassy. And it's again drinkable. It's okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's American pale. And then for me, considering that I'm not really that into something that's kind of got the hoppy sort of grassy sort of flavors, I would almost consider that to be undrinkable. I'm not really a fan at all. Okay, fair, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. So there are basically there's two beers left. These are both ones that have dropped off the chalkboard and are hanging on auxiliary chalkboards up here at the Denver Brewing Company. We have the Buzz Winkel, which is an English brown, and we're going to finish this up with the Night at the Duxbury which is an oyster stout. And oyster stouts have come up quite a bit 
in our show of the last few yeah, episodes. Yeah, I think the one of the previous episodes we were talking about the, the pairing and how oysters and stout are kind of a classic pairing, but we kind of warned ourselves off of some of the sweeter stouts going more towards a dry stout, a more traditional stout. So let, let's see how these stack up. Well, and before having Wait, it, I will say so, oysters and stouts might be a good pairing. Oysters in stouts? Probably not. The oyster stout's the last one, so we're going to actually start with the Buzzwinkle. That is the English brown ale that we're going to try next. Just to set the expectations for the oyster stout, what is it really that we're looking for here? Or what would be sort of your expectation as you kind of go in to drink that, that oyster stout? You know, I haven't I haven't gone into a lot of oyster stout. I would, I would expect something... Roasty, maybe a little salty. I really don't know. I don't know what to expect. A little oystery. I don't, is that a word? <laughs> well, no, I think we made it a word. Well, we what do you, whatever we want. What do you think with the Buzzwinkle, and then we'll drink the oyster? Yeah, for a no, that's that's quite good. I think for an English uh, style, that 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 is. Hey, tasty. I think I hit the, that, that hits it on the nose. Um, it actually probably should be served a little warmer. A little warmer. I, you know what? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had an English. Uh, microbrew over across the pond uh, and I'd say that's that's hitting the right notes but it just needs to be served slightly warmer it's got the right nose the caramel nose it's got the caramel uh, malty taste to it um, it's pretty smooth there's no bitterness there's no there's no sweetness I like that one a lot it's, it's a good it's a great example of an English brand it I really appreciate that you mentioned it was caramel. I was trying to place exactly what the flavor of it was there and it does it has an excellent um, caramel kind of flavor it, the thing that I'm trying to really reconcile is, is that is that beer better than the um, the brown that we had earlier that we all kind of said was was a really solid brown. This seems to have a much the caramel seems to come through much more strongly in this one, however. And, 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 it, and it's hard really to compare them apples to apples if you don't have them side by side, right? So I mean, what you can really look at is is it a good sample of the brown? Is it? It's hard to say is it better or worse than another. They're both. The ones we've tried today, I think, are both pretty good browns. But this one, I, I it's, a, it's a perfectly good sample. Again, nothing, nothing sort of spectacular, but it's a brown ale. There's nothing sure. really spectacular to do with it, right? But it's, it's done well and it's done clean, and I like it a lot. Right. Okay. So, any any other comments on the brown? No, no, it's solid. I would drink that all day, as many English do. All day long. <laughs> a little and, warm. And, and, and warm. by the way, and you come in, it should be served a little warmer. It's been sitting here for an hour as we've recorded the show. It's been yeah, uh, I think, surrounded I think they're by. on the same taps as, uh, you know, everything else. kind of. No, absolutely. They're probably all stored in the same cooler. But yeah. still, like, after an hour of warming, you would still like just a little bit warm. Yeah. And no, none of these none of these are uh, nitrous, right? None of these are nitrous pours? If they are, they're not listed as such. I don't okay. think so. I haven't tasted it. No, tasted no I was just wondering. Okay. Um, actually, the, the graham cracker cream one, that might that might do well on nitro. That cream graham cracker we tried. Um, okay. Night at the Duxbury. This is the Oyster Stout, 6.5%. We can stop speculating and start sipilating. So someone go in and get on that, and we can see what the Oyster Stout is. And we talked about the Flying Dog Oyster Stout a few episodes back. Yeah. Um, as one of the things that's been put in beer that, that can be different and, and, and entertaining. And I've seen a few Oyster Stouts out there, so interesting to see it. Jose, you're the first to try it. What do you think of the Oyster Stout there? It, it's, you know, it's, it's, a very, it's actually pretty sweet. Um... And I can totally see myself having oysters when drinking this. I think it would pair very nicely. Um, there's the, the, maybe the slightest hint of oyster, maybe. Um, you take getting a little briny, just slight just brine. Just a salt, like, yeah, the tail end, right on the back end, maybe. Uh, but it is, yeah. it is a quality beer. And, and like we said before, oysters, very bright, very briny. 
little citrus usually on them. And uh, classically, you'd pair like a, a Guinness with it, right? So this is along the same lines. This is a lot heavier than a Guinness, though. I think this would be, I mean, good. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I think Guinness would be good, but I, this. And, and I, I agree. I mean, there's, sometimes there's chocolate stouts that taste like chocolate, and sometimes there's chocolate stouts that smell like chocolate. And I think I think what you said, Jose, is right. I would pair that with oysters, and I think it would go well. It doesn't necessarily taste like oysters, and I think that's probably a good thing. If my beer tasted like wet oyster, <laughs> I don't know that I'm running down. The, but I think the the way they've blended, it, I think it would pair very well with oysters. But I, I like the I like the flavor. There's a hint of that briny, salty. It's good. It's good. And and like one thing that I would like to ask the the brewers here because I've I, we've never made an oyster beer. How do you get oysters in a beer? Is it like oyster juice, or when like a, what? What do you do when a when a mommy oyster and a daddy oyster love each other? Ooh, yeah. oh, t- oh, is it? I don't think that's how that works with I thought oysters were like they morphed from one sex. It, to I the other. yeah, yeah. Weird. So when a mommy oyster loves itself, yeah. Um, no, I don't know because there's lots of different ways you can add things to beer, whether it be in the mash or the boil. I'm not sure where the oysters what, come what, in. Yeah, but how do, what do they do? Like extract of oyster? Like what is this? Yeah, uh, you know what? So a little spoiler alert. I didn't necessarily record this episode in order. I'm doing the interview after this. I'll ask the brewer. Absolutely. It'll nice. be on the episode. So okay. Jose is asking a question that should have been answered during the interview. Love it. So the brewer said, there it is. I just edited it in. What do you think of the stout being in your wheelhouse of stouts and porters? I liked it. I thought that it was it was really drinkable. I actually don't. I didn't sense a real strong like salty brininess to it. It had some. A little. A little. A, a little. You know. I mean, again, would be would be good with the oysters. Not something that I I would think that I'd have a number of them with. I kind of a. I, I could certainly have a pint of it, but I think that I'd be good after that though. So we're going around the horn now. Your number one and your number two. We're going to start with your second favorite. We're going to come back to your favorite favorite. Take a second, think it through. But uh, Mr. Beeler, I'm going to start with you. What do you think is your second favorite beer on this this flight? I think uh, because I want tacos so bad, I'm going to go with the El Diablo. Ta- tequila barrel aged Mexican lager. Um, that that's going to be a tough one to drink like four pints of. But I think with food, that's going to be amazing. And now I want tacos, Beeler. Or I'm sorry, you're not Beeler. You're Bolarama. Jose, what do you think? Uh, you know. You know, it's kind of lame to copy, but I'm also on board with the El Diablo um, because I think anytime that you have something that is typically like a spicy kind of thing with like tequila and things like that, it, it does such a good job of capturing the essence um, and it being very interesting. So, yeah, that's my number two as well. So, two votes for the El Diablo tequila barrel. I, and I, I would say that I really like the El Diablo, and I think that it's a real credit, actually, to Denver Brewing that there are so many good beers that... Um, Absolutely. I'm I'm not gonna not gonna vote for the El Diablo and also the brown that we had earlier. Uh, the Barry the, the Barry McBeer face. The Barry McBeer face. I would also I'm gonna give that an honorable mention. However, my second place beer, I'm gonna go with the Walt Weiss. I think it was an excellent Hefeweizen. Okay, going all the way. Go no, Rockies. No, no, yeah, go Rocky. No recency effect on that one. He threw it all the way back to the Walt Weiss at the wall. He reaches up and makes the catch. All right, for me, number two. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cocoa Cream Graham Cracker. So, not the Graham Cracker Porter, but the Cocoa Cream Graham Cracker Porter. The one that they, uh, they, 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 they chocolateed up a little higher ABV. But that's my, <coughs> excuse me, that's going to be my number two. All right, round the horn, number one is Mr. Beeler. Cocoa Cream Graham Cracker. For all the reasons we said, it's very smooth. It's got that chocolate note. I think, I think it's a really well done. 
version of that porter. All right, Coco Cream. Polarama. <laughs> this is really he, honestly. He's actively tasting new beers. He's trying no, to, like, best in show. No, he's it's, trying it's to. It's ridiculous. He's torn. The he's, best he's of like show. Natalie and Bruglia in here. No, the best of show is is so absolutely subjective. Nothing's wrong. I'm so many of these are so good. I, I mean, I could, yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking. I'm gonna go a little bit off of what we normally do, what I would normally do, because I'm an IPA guy. I love hops. I love all that. But I do find that the sun drenched hoppy wheat. Because the Sun Jones Hoppy Wheat, okay. Yeah, because it's just all around good. You got the hop, you got the aroma, and it's it's a tasty brew that I could drink pretty much any time. All right. So again, going back to one of the early, one, one of the first three. Yeah, it was. one of the first three of the taster. All right, Mr. Smiley, what do you I, think? Oh, the the the, the, the cocoa cream um, graham cracker porter. That was the the only beer of the ones that I sampled where I had a drink of it. Thought it was so good that I immediately had another swig. It was just that good. I mean, truly and, excellent. And that's coming on the heels of the graham cracker porter being all right. Yeah. But the cocoa cream being oh, and it, it just it, it, yeah, it stepped it up to the next level. It's just like night and day. It, really, truly an excellent beer. He almost didn't share it. Like I saw his second drink and I was like, no, come on, man. Yeah. There's, there's some more. Beeler and I had a sip and right. you almost didn't get it. I know. Um, for me, I gotta I gotta throw out my number one. Uh, I, and it, it has it, it's already been mentioned, but I'm gonna mention it again. The El Diablo. The tequila barrel aged. It's just, it's such a unique flavor. It's not something you get every day. You don't have the tequila mixed with the beer every day. Um, and, and it's a good flavor. Plus, I am a big fan of the beer readers, um, as Smiley mentioned earlier. So, a beer that already has tequila in it, it's coming up high on my list of uh, good stuff. Ooh, we got a wink over there, too. It's I good. did. You guys got a little sexy wink. I okay. like it. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it on you guys to think of a tagline. Here we go. Tagline. Think of the tagline, the three of you think. Okay, here we go. This has been another episode of the Beer Blazers podcast. If you have comments, suggestions, or feedback, you can reach us online at beerblazers.com or on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at slash beerblazers. If you want to call us, leave us a message, tell us a story, call us at 720-263-0337. Don't forget. Beer? No, wait. There was nothing to forget. Oh, wait. Oh, Hang sorry. on. I had to make sure. Are we good? That's everything. That's everything. Beerblazers.com. Okay. Check us out. Thanks again, Denver Brewing Company, or Denver Beer Company, for letting us come in here today. So with that, oh, Smiley's got something. I've got something. Right, here I'm, we go. I'm ready. Here we go. So here, here's here's the tagline. Are you guys ready? Beer Blazers. Beer and games. Two great things since the dawn of civilization. It's not bad. It works for the episode. Well done. All right, well done. everybody. Until next time, keep your beers cold. Cheers. Cheers.